thank you for tuning into Holistic Finance, where we promote financial balance and financial health. Our mission is to simplify your finances so you can focus on your practice and enjoy life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burklow and Alex Collins. Welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am your host, Ryan Burklow. We are without Mr. Alex Collins today. Uh, but I do have a really good person that is substituting in for him. Um, on today's podcast, we've actually got Dave Kirpin. Um, Dave is a serial entrepreneur. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He's a global keynote speaker. Um, he's also the founder and chairman of Likeable Local, a social media software company that serves thousands of small businesses, as well as the chairman and co-founder of Likeable Media. And for today's podcast, he's also got a book called The Art of People, 11 Simple People Skills That Will Get You Everything You Want. And I've read this book actually twice, and I thought it would be a fun uh, and important conversation and as a a reminder in in terms of how to grow as a person that can help you on the financial side, as well as how to just be a good person in general. And so, Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Ryan. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we were talking briefly before we hopped on here and uh, we, I really started chatting about The Art of People, the book that you wrote. And I actually just recently reread it about two weeks ago. And I actually took that test. It's, is it pronounced Enneagram? Enneagram, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I took the test twice and um, I'm a three. I think it's about what it was. Like me. So, <laughs> um, so it, it was an interesting test. I've taken the, the Myers-Briggs test as well. And there, there's definitely a big difference between the two. Um, and I know I'm already jumping right into the book and jumping right into this. But this was a huge piece in learning about yourself, which I, I can't – I agree with what you said in the book. I, you got to start there and understand who you are and, and you know, maybe some good stuff and bad stuff about you. Where, where did you learn about the Enneagram? How did that come into the book? How did that come into the book? Yeah, great question. So, yeah, I, I broadly speaking, as you said, Ryan, a lot of people have all these goals out there. They want to be successful. They want to make a lot of money. They want to influence people. But until you look within and figure your own self out, the strengths, the challenges, the opportunities, it's very, very hard to influence others. And so that's where I why I start with that. And look, there's a lot of different ways to learn about yourself. A lot of different personality tests. You mentioned Myers-Briggs, there's Strength Finder, there's DISC. There's a lot of different tests. For me, the Enneagram has become by far you know, my go-to resource. I'm a huge, huge fan of it. Um, I was at a retreat with a bunch of entrepreneurs about, uh, wow, now, uh, probably eight years ago now, seven or eight years ago. And um, I was down in the South Florida, the Canyon Ranch. Uh, and the thing, the thing is, I'm not really, I'm a, I, like most threes, I'm a go, go, go sort of personality. I don't really slow down ever. And so the first two days of this retreat with these uh, other seven entrepreneurs was like yoga, meditation, all these very slow pause kind of activities. And, you know, look, I, mean, I don't judge for so many people that they, they, they love that and they find it very, very valuable. For me personally, it was a nightmare. A nightmare. <laughs> I could. I, I mean, I was miserable. And day three comes of this retreat, and uh, you know, I'm 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 just uh, in a room and uh, just doing what I'm told, and uh, 
Oh, lo and behold, I meet this guy named Brad, Brad Kirschensteiner, and he gives us this test and turned out it was the Enneagram. And, and we spent the next four hours diving deep uh, into the Enneagram and my life has changed. It, I, it, had, it has become a really, really important part of my life. In fact, uh, just yesterday, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I run an organization called Entrepreneurs Organization. I'm taking over as mm -hmm. president. Um, it's a global network of CEO founders, uh, wonderful, wonderful group. And um, so we, I had my new board. Uh, we met yesterday and everyone took the Enneagram and we jumped right into, so what does this mean for each of our, our uh, personality types? What, what are, you know, the strengths is great, but really the, the value is in understanding blind spots and understanding challenges and then using that information and that insight to make better choices and to um, to think about how we communicate with others too, based on their enneagram types. So we've administered the test hundreds and hundreds of times now, for, you know, probably over a thousand times to employees and partners and uh, friends and family members. I'm very very big fan of it. Um, so yeah, if, if if folks are listening, they should check it out. E n n e a g r a m enneagram, and it's in the public domain. A lot of these tests, you know, they're corporate driven, so they have to, um, you know, so, so you have to, they're expensive to administer. Um, Enneagram is in the public domain, so it's basically, you know, there's a lot of free stuff out there. Yeah, and it's also in, in your book as well, which we'll provide a link of that in the in the show notes. So make sure uh, that that's a <laughs> it's a perfect place to start for sure. I know you as I was reading the book, you like, you even state, okay, stop, go take this and then come back and read the book, which Honestly, the first time I read it, I didn't do it because <laughs> I wanted to keep reading. But the second time, I actually went back and did it. So uh, I, I actually advise people to sit. You know, I agree with you. They should take the test first. You're forgiven. <laughs> like, well, I'm not going to BS you here. So, so um, you know, I know that you and uh, and your and your wife Carrie also have your your own podcast, if I'm not mistaken, talking about you know your your relationship and and you know, how to, how to work with one another. There's a lot there. My wife and I also have that, that same thing. Did you and your wife take, take the Enneagram as well? Well, she took the Enneagram. Yeah. And she's a two and uh, she, she, she's also a very, very big believer in it. And uh, I live the three, two combo is a wonderful, wonderful combo, Ryan. So, um, you know, I, yeah, for, I've had my two, Carrie's a two, my wife, but to also Rob, uh, one of my business partners is a two and, um, my longtime uh, uh, chief of staff, uh, Meg, what was it? Is is it too? Uh, I, I, there are certain types that look. Any, you know, one type is better than others, but um, there right. are certain types that really work well together. And three two combo is a, is a, is a is a is a great one. So, uh, did I lose you? No, I'm here. Okay, sorry. Uh, my, my screen went blank there for a second. So that's on my end. Sorry about that. The uh, you mentioned mirroring in your book. Mirroring in your book. And I and heard that. I don't know how many I've times. Heard that, I don't know how many times. I didn't want to do the exercise. I it sounded corny. Um, but and I still haven't. And maybe I need to work on that. That's for dark. Sure. That's for dark. For you, it changed a lot. At least you mentioned it in the book. It changed a lot of how you re, you interact with people. Can you talk into that? Yeah, so when I first learned about mirroring, it was in the context also of, of entrepreneurs organization and uh, forum training, and I thought the idea of repeating back exactly what what 
I'm hearing was really corny and like you said, and like kind of like annoying and robotic didn't make any sense to me. And yet it's become a very, very powerful tool in my life. And, and I think in those that I've, I've taught it to as well, the idea is simple. The idea, Ryan, is that most people unfortunately don't really listen. They don't. Most people aren't listening. They're waiting to talk. They're thinking about what they're going to say next. They're planning in their head. And so what mirroring forces you to do is to really pay attention and listen because you can't be thinking about what you're going to say next because you're only focusing on listening so that you can repeat back what it is that you're hearing. So it's not it's not just the mirroring. It's the fact that it preparing to mirror changes your own mindset. Now, as for the result, when peeps, since so often people do not feel heard, when you mirror somebody else, you, by definition, help them feel heard. So now suddenly somebody that is used to talking to other people who are not listening, they're waiting to talk, yeah. feel heard by you. And it's really amazing. I mean, I've, I've used it, frankly, in my, in my business and sales career over and over and over again, where people immediately feel close to me, they feel a strong connection with me, and they want to do business with me, literally just because I repeated back what they said to me. I mean, it, it seems crazy, and yet, because those same people are going back home to somebody that's not really listening to them, or, or going back to the office to somebody that's not to people that aren't really listening to them, when you go out of your way to help them feel heard, you're building a very, very strong connection that they might not be that used to. Why do you feel we struggle as human beings to listen? Yeah, it's a good question. Why, why do we feel uh, that we struggle? Why do I feel that we struggle as human beings to listen? See what I did there? Um, <laughs> I, think, um, I, think, I think we have lots of ideas. You know, some of us, especially the threes and the sevens out there, for you Enneagram fans that are listening, we have lots of ideas and we just want to talk. We want, we want to, we want to communicate. We like talking. And it's very, very hard to be a talker and also really be a good listener at the same time. It's really, really hard. If you ask a, bunch, a room full of 100 people, how many of you guys are good listeners? 90 people are going to raise their hand. Everyone thinks they're a good listener. But they're not. Just because you yeah. think you're a good listener doesn't mean you are a good listener. So I was at a conference in January um, in San Diego, and there was this person, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name, I wish I could remember his name right now, but he made us, he asked that exact same question, how many of you think you're good listeners? He's talking to a room of financial planners, right? We're supposed to be good listeners, we're supposed to be understanding the values and the wants of our clients, we can help them get what they want. And he makes us listen to this song that he wrote. And the song was maybe 120 seconds long, and then at the end of it, he had like 20 questions about the song that we had to answer. I failed miserably. <laughs> I mean, within 10 seconds, like I'm like, oh, did I forget to do this? Or, oh crap, I need to do that. Like all this stuff was going through my head. Right. So it's, it's interesting because I don't think we don't listen, in my opinion, I don't think people don't listen because we're selfish, although maybe some of us are. I think it's more of, to your point, we have so many things in our mind going on. It's actually hard to sit and focus and shut up. It is. It is. And 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 knowing that you're going to be expected to mirror or that you expect yourself to mirror makes you accountable to listen. 
to truly live. Yeah. So that was a great exercise. And then it's funny, I reread your book. I'm like, okay, I still suck at this. So I need to get <laughs> I need to get better. So practice mirroring. My wife read your book. She goes, are you mirroring me? I'm like, oh, crap. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, with, with rare exception, and sometimes some conversations with my wife can be an exception, I find that even when people know exactly what I'm doing with respect to mirroring, they still love it. Like, it yeah. still works. So because people still like feeling heard and it's, 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 it's irrefutable proof. It's ir- if you say I'm, I'm, I'm really bummed about, you know, feeling the, I'm, I'm really bummed about the bad weather out there. And I say, sounds like you're really bummed about the bad weather out there, Ryan. It's literally irrefutable proof that I just listened <laughs> to you. Right. I mean, right. So, um, anyway. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. You're right. It's my wife goes, oh, you actually do listen. So joke. <laughs> um, so platinum rule, golden rule. I know I'm jumping here, but there's just things in my mind that, that I read that I thought would be really valuable for for everyone listening. Um, and everyone's heard of the golden rule. Can you talk about your platinum rule and what the difference yeah. is? Yeah, yeah, totally. So I, I so yes, we all grew up with the plat with the golden rule. Do unto others as you'd want done to uh, you, and that's a good rule, but I think it leaves a little bit of uh, too much imagination um, because we're all different. So, so, so I, I love, uh, I love uh, hot dogs. So I, I, I want you to, you to have a hot dog, hot dogs for dinner. So, so, so if I'm doing it to you, as I want done to myself, I might bring you a hot dog, Brian. You might be a vegetarian though. If you're a vegetarian and I'm bringing you a hot dog, I'm not really doing. I'm not really doing you a favor, right? So the idea behind the platinum rule, the platinum rule is do unto others as they would want done to themselves. And mm-hmm. so it, it 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 recognizes that we're all a little different. And if we go out of our way to pay attention to others and listen to others and ask if we're not sure, then we can we can actually do better than the golden rule by. Um, by doing unto others as we know that they would want done to them since we're all there. What changed your mindset? Like, where did this rule come from? It's a great question. And I'm not sure I know the answer to you. on show. <laughs> I, I think I had, an, I think I had a, um, I think I had a, a disagreement with a business partner. That, what happened was, yeah, this is what happened. I, 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 I had an, uh, an agreement with a third party that was selling one of my uh, products, and he, you know, I, I guess um, he, it wasn't selling very well, and I was disappointed. So I kind of stepped up and like took the lead and just took charge, and I thought I was doing him a huge favor because you know I don't know that's what I would want. And the end result is what matters the most to me. Sure. And he was absolutely horrified and uh, fury, furious with me, infuriated. And I took a step back and I realized like, oh my God, like this golden rule thing isn't all it's cracked up to be. Like, like I know that's weird and bold for me to say that, but, but honestly, like I thought I knew what he'd want and I, I effed up royally in, in, in a really important business relationship because I was applying the golden rule. And that's really where I did start doing a little research. Uh, I did not invent the platinum rule. 
Um, but I'd like to think I'm, I'm, I'm helping to popularize it because it's, it's, there's not a lot. It's, it's to me, it's kind of, if you ask a hundred people, have you ever heard of the golden rule? A hundred people are going to say yes. If you ask a hundred people, have you ever heard of the platinum rule? You know, you'll get like two or three, right? It's just right. not, not really out there. Um, so, so, so yeah, it's just at that moment, after I did my research, I, I, I thought, Hey, this is really worthy of being talked about. Let's, let's kind of try to elevate the discussion about the golden rule versus the platinum rule. Which ties back into, you know, if you're listening to people, you, it, you can tie that together. Like if you know, for instance, I said, I'm a vegetarian in your example, <laughs> don't show up with a flipping hot dog. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It does. It absolutely relates to listening and paying attention and, 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 and putting yourself in somebody else's shoes instead of your own. So you brought up, uh, you, you know, having the, the, the business partner and talking about sales and how you stepped in to help. Uh, one of the, one of the pieces in your book, you're talking about, um, being a teacher versus a coach. And yeah, I think, yeah. I think many people put those two almost together and I think there's a difference. I agree with what you said. Can you talk into that? Yeah, I really, really like the coach model. The coach model is how can I, as your coach, help get you from point A to point B on your own? I'm not, I'm not telling you what to do, I'm not making you do something. I'm not even necessarily teaching you how to do it. I'm helping you learn how to do it on your own. And I'm guiding you by asking certain questions and by challenging you occasionally. I'm guiding you to get on your own from point A to point B. Because what happens is if we, if we always rely on teachers or bosses or mom or dad or whoever to tell us what to do, we're not, we're not going to develop our own capacity to figure it out on our own. But if we, if we have coaches that can help give us encouragement, ask us key clarifying questions, help us think about things in new ways, then we can proceed forward on our own and have the, the agency, the accountability, the pride, and most important, the tools to continue on our own thereafter not not rely on anyone else can like telling us what to do yeah there's a piece with you know you you can be taught to do something but then what are you going to do with it right so there's the growth aspect of you know you've i'm sure many people have heard like if you teach a child to fish you know they can eat for you know eat for their lifetime and what have you but if you actually if you taught a child to fish via zoom <laughs> right, but you actually didn't go through and, and coach them and, and really work with them and say, okay, now what are you gonna do with the fishing? That's a whole different experience. Right, right, so I actually, I really like that analogy. I've never heard that before, Ryan, but maybe we, we could publish this after. You know, if you, if, you, if, you, uh, if you give somebody food they can eat for the day, if you teach them to fish, they can eat for a month, but if you coach them on becoming a fisherman, they can eat for a lifetime, right? I mean, that's the kind of model that I think where, where coaching really holds up as, 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 as a winner. And to be clear, teachers can be coaches, right? It's not yeah. like because you have the role of teacher or the role of manager or the role of boss that you can't be a coach. Coaches can come from anywhere, but it's more of the mindset and how you practice that. Yep, love it. Yeah, that, that was, you know, I, I run a financial practice. I've got people on my team that I am, coaching 
rather than teaching. And I love that piece really struck struck a chord with me. So I appreciated that. So when when on the podcast do you tell me if I should be buying a stocks or bonds or uh, <laughs> I guess I guess we're not going to get to that, huh? No, no. I try not to be like every other financial advisor out there, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, the last thing I wanted to talk about, and this is like to the core of my being, and you just, you know, that's probably why I loved when you said it, and it's all about persistency. Um, you talked about some people considered their definition of persistency maybe trying it a couple times. And your definition of, of persistency is more of trying it until you drop. <laughs> yeah, you know, I tell the story of um, of, of, of a sales uh, opportunity that I had with Brenda Fuentes of Burger King. And um, I, uh, this was back in the day before, uh, before, uh, before email was really a thing, if you can believe it. That's how old I am, I guess. And so I cold called her uh, every day and... Um, I would leave a voicemail back back when that was a thing, or once a week. Yep. And I would sing. I would sing. Uh, I was working for Disney at the time. I would sing, saw Radio Disney songs to, and, but I would change the lyrics to sort of jo you know joke about you know Brenda calling me back and you know, when are you going to pick up the phone? And, uh, oops, I called you again instead of oops, I did it again for Britney Spears. That was the kind of thing. And um, I called her thirty-seven times. And on call number 37, seven weeks in, I called her once a day for seven weeks. Seven weeks in, call 37, she picked up the phone with, with the caller ID and said, are you ever going to stop calling me Dave Kirpin? And I said, I am now, Brenda Fuentes. Now that you stop, let's talk. And Burger King became a client of mine. And I landed that, that client. I earned a $10,000 commission check. And, which, and back in the day, I mean, $10,000 20 years ago was that much more, you know, yeah. about Right. Right. And, and and I learned my lesson, which is, you know, if I had given up after call 30, 35, 36, I, I wouldn't have landed that client. 37. 37 was it. So, you know, there, there does come, come a time. I mean, probably at some point, I don't know, call 300 or so or whatever. I, I, I'm sure I would have had to give up eventually. But I think um, I think a lot of people's definition of persistence isn't. Um, perhaps as robust as as mine is and i think it, it's been it's been very i've been very fortunate to be able to um reap the rewards of really not giving up easily yeah and i don't know about you i it's it's while i i love talking about my why um and i, I think that's over overdone frankly in, in my opinion it, it's valuable completely valuable so i'm not trying to say it's a crap um thing to think about but it's more of like getting up and doing what I love to do and the drive that's behind it is more important than the why. Right. The purpose. Yes. The purpose. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. That was, that was yeah. the word I was looking for. Real fundamental purpose. Yeah, totally. I get that. I love that. And the why is important. So I don't want Simon Sinek to call me up and say, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> So, so Dave, I, you know, I really appreciate you, you being on the podcast here. Um, I, I got to ask you at least one financial question. And my question for you is, uh, we all have different upbringings around money and what we've learned from our parents, maybe what we didn't learn about parents, because maybe it was a taboo topic, who knows? Um, 
what has your experience been in the financial literacy, if you want to call it that, and what what do you wish you would have learned? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, this is like really uh, an obvious one, but um, I wish my, I mean, I, I mentioned, did I mention this? No, sorry, I, I'm confusing podcasts. Uh, the last podcast I was on, I mentioned the fact that I went to school on a, on, a, on a merit scholarship. My parents couldn't afford to send me to school, but um, uh, if they had, but but I realized the value, the, the, the you know the importance of compounding interest, and they're very very basic. You know, start investing now because if you start investing five years from now, it'll be that much worse. I, I wish um, my parents understood that, and I certainly wish my twenty one year old self understood that. Um, I am definitely teaching my kids that, and you know we've been. You know, I have a five-year-old. Uh, his his uh, his his college fund. His uh, five five twenty five twenty-nine, right? Five twenty-nine, yeah. His five twenty-nine has been. Uh, you know, we've had monthly contributions since he was born, and by the time I mean, there's I mean, even with the crazy, crazy escalating costs of college, there's no way they can beat me now because I I got it I got it down, man. Monthly from age zero. <laughs> By the time age eighteen hits, is 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 real is real cash money. So yeah, I think that's that that's the thing. If anyone's listening out there that's somehow still not regularly uh, investing um, in in tax deferred and you know tax advantaged uh, vehicles, man, you're really really missing out. And uh, I'm 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 a big big fan of those. Yeah. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I know that money is, is a taboo topic, so I appreciate you sharing your that, that viewpoint. Um, anything else you want to add? I know we want to make sure we, we uh, you know, talk about the art of the pe- art of people. That's going to be in the show notes. So there's going to be a link there to, to get to your book. Any new stuff coming out that uh, we should know uh, about? I mean, I have, a, I, have a, I have a new company called Apprentice. I have two new companies, actually, that you didn't mention, Apprentice. Um, helps helps uh, connect college students to um, entrepreneurs and uh, successful executives that um, we, we can, we're a matchmaker there. Um, and then uh, uh, Remembering Live is uh, helps uh, grieving families do services online and um, does memorial tribute websites. Um, I lost my mom a, a month ago and realized that grieving alone is really, really not much fun. And during COVID, it's um, it's a really, really difficult time for all of us. But for those that are losing loved ones, it's it's most difficult. So so that's why we set up remembering live. And you know, I'm I'm available to help anyone that's listening and wants wants to meet with me. I, I have free office hours every Thursday afternoon. Uh, you should go to scheduledave.com and um, anyone can talk to me. Um, and and hopefully I can be helpful. Um, so thanks again for having me, Ryan. And and I wish you and your listeners all the best. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC.
OSJ 333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Fairmont, California 91711, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, Membra, Membra, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not 